Off top. One in three men wait until Christmas Eve to do their shopping. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show presented by Allstate. Bill Barnwell, I don't appreciate that skeptical look. Don't ask me how I know it. I just do. Charlie Kravitz is here. Well, he's not here technically. He's sitting in front of a beautiful Christmas Eve backdrop. I'm in New York without my guys, but we got a lot of football to talk. Right now, so my wife is sending me videos from the Mar- Mariah Carey concert because the family came with me. Mm-hmm. Her and the kids and my mom are at Madison Square Garden watching Mariah Carey, and I'm in this tiny little room talking to my guys about football. If you're Mariah Carey playing a concert at MSG in December, when do you drop All I Want for Christmas is You? Do you play it at the beginning? Oh, nah. Do you play it at the that's end? A, that's a closeout. I mean, that's a closer, right? That's what people... But but then everyone there is spending the entire set waiting for you to play right, that. That's the it anticipation. Like... It, build, it builds. It's exciting. Ah. <sighs> I, I said, There's a line though; it gets built up a little bit, and then once they realize you're not going to play it till the end, then it, people kind of get bored. Maybe they go to the bathroom because they're like, "I got to be nah, there for that see, song." I feel all like- I want for Christmas early is like what the Bills did to the Cowboys. Like it was just all downhill after the first quarter. They played their hit right off the bat, and then we all stopped watching and went to sleep. Nah, you don't realize you're missing the point, Dominique. There's a trick you do here. Okay. You play it at the beginning. And then you bring it back at the end <laughs> yep, when nobody's yep. expecting it, and you play it twice. Yeah, that's actually, actually, to be honest, that's what the Bills did. They played that over and over yep. and over again. That was the only song they played. This is this is an amazing misdirection from you, Dominique. Let's focus on the Bills, not my beloved Cowboys, who just laid an egg that we knew that they were going to lay uh, in prime time against the Bills because that's what they do. So can I ask the question? Can I ask the question now? Are you okay with it? By all means. I think you'll have a I think I don't think I'm gonna agree with your answer, but first, off the top of this game, obviously, the Bills destroyed, embarrassed, took the MVP away from Dominique's beloved Dak Prescott. The Cowboys went from contenders to pretenders tonight. I think we can all agree about that. <laughs> Frauds, complete a complete joke of oh, a franchise. Gosh. So did you think do you think we learned more about the Bills or the Cowboys oh, from that gosh. game? Um <sighs> I think we learn more about ourselves and how much some of us just want to jump on Dak at any opportunity. So, I mean, I I think what we saw, I've been hesitant to come around on the Bills. While I do think that they are capable of beating anybody in the AFC, I just the whole time been thinking since they were as low as like less than 20% chance to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I agree with all of you. They're good. But they've dug themselves too deep of a hole. They're as good as anybody on any given Sunday in the AFC at least. Because they're not a lot of good teams in the AFC. However, I thought that they were not going to be able to dig themselves out of the hole. But it sure seems like they are on their way, especially with what's left of the schedule. So I don't think we've learned much about It's hard to say we learned much about the Cowboys, especially since everybody has been anticipating this at some point from the Cowboys this season. We didn't learn anything else from them. The one thing we could have learned from is maybe they weren't that team anymore. They still damn. Didn't we spend the last two months saying this DAC was different, and now we were finally seeing the Cowboys fully formed and 
they were a different team than years past? No. Oh, I mean, maybe we did. I I didn't think that this deck was different. I do. I did think that this Cowboys team was a little bit different. I think it was probably a mm-hmm. bit of wishful thinking. And one of the things that I saw in this game that was uh, I'm midway through my rewatch and halfway through. I know Charlie is gonna hate me for saying this, but it's true. It didn't feel like it was much of a problem with Dak as much as it was about the Bills' defense being prepared for the concepts that they were going to to see in this game and taking away the the concepts and overpowering the Cowboys' offensive line and also getting a big lead, running the ball on that Cowboys' defense and moving the ball down the field at will early in the game. It kind of honestly, as much as we want to make this a referendum on Dak Prescott – that's not what I've seen so far in in my rewatch. No, no, no. For for the record, I was I was hy- hyperbolic and kidding about it being a Dak thing. To me, the 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 part about it was that they ran the ball down the Cowboys' yeah. throats and they dominated them. And the James Cook emergence—that's what we learned today. We've waited for year, literally years, being like, why can't the Bills run the ball with anyone but Josh Allen? And it seems like we are after the last couple of weeks, maybe just maybe inching towards them being able to run the ball in a different way that they couldn't do with Bill's contenders of the past. There's a team we like to make fun of on this show, especially in recent weeks, the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff, where we sort of poke fun at them saying, hey, if if they ever get behind, if they're not in a situation where they're playing from ahead, they are screwed. Kind of felt like that was the case for the Cowboys in this game, was it not? Yeah. Did it not feel like the Cowboys being forced to play from behind, not being able to just pin their ears back and go after the quarterback, not being able to run the ball and just having to throw against a team that wanted to play a bunch of, of two deep coverages? The Dominique's favorite solution to any great offense is just play two deep safeties. Like the Cowboys. Second coverage ever invented. <laughs> Cowboys, Cowboys could not run the ball so well to get the Bills out of those two high shells, and they could not throw the ball effectively enough and protect Dak Prescott enough for the passing game to work. And it felt like they were just as limited in this game as the Lions are when they fall behind in their game. Yeah, and I mean, I think we say the same thing about the weakness for the 49ers is we haven't seen them operate when they're one-dimensional and when they don't have an opportunity to threaten that running attack. I think... The Cowboys is not a team that we thought would fall into that trap because we thought their offense was good enough to catch up and that their defense was also good enough to get some stops, but they weren't today. I'm not sure that that's uh, symbolic of who they've been all or emblematic of who they've been all season, but it's definitely who they were tonight. So, I mean, I can't argue with you. What was ugly about it was it didn't feel like, like I recognize some new like scheme stuff up front, a couple pulls and pins with the center and, and the guard and stuff like that, but it didn't feel like they out-schemed them. It just felt like they were mushing them, and they were just had a, they were weak on the edge, and they were just pushing them back. And why that's particularly scary for the Cowboys is the one team that we think that they have to beat. You know what they do to people? They just mush them. Like they're a big physical offensive line. They're, and their receivers are physical. Their running backs are physical. The 49ers I'm talking about. So that's the scariest part for the for the Cowboys is you could maybe exp- – I could get behind explaining this game away as like they've been on a big run. They've been good. They laid an egg. The problem is the way that they laid an egg and the team, the single team that they have to figure out a way to beat – and that they looked terrible against once they came up against a team that would do something similar. They look awful. 42 again. 10. 
Complete yeah, chillaxing. So like, I, I would love, as Charlie likes to pretend like I'm a water carrier for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, I would love to, not I would love to come on here and be able to make some argument about how this doesn't matter. It matters. It's scary for them given what they have to go through in the NFC. I was under the impression that you were selling Dominique Foxworth official Cowboys water buckets that you were selling to people during Christmas. Am I, is that incorrect? Uh, yes, that, that's correct. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm selling water buckets because I do not carry the water. Someone else would like to carry water. So I've gotten rid of all my water buckets. That's a great merch idea. We should do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we're, we're like not going to get sued at all by putting a cow- I guess we don't have to we, put the Cowboys logo on it. We just just some purple. No, just just put mean, Dallas in blue yeah, letters. Yeah, just some blue, blue, and gray. blue buckets yeah. with gray letters that say Dallas on it. Let's carry that water. Charlie, I got um, I got on the train up. I got a, a couple guys coming to me say it was proud of me. They love what I was doing and keep holding it down, did, brother. Did, oh, did anyone call Hold on. Did anyone call you a young oh. buck? That's my – have I told you that's my dream? To have like a middle-aged guy call me, uh, call me young. Not buck? just any middle-aged guy. It has to be a middle-aged black man call you young buck. I mean, I'll take it where I can get it. <laughs> got it. So you know what is the step up from young buck is young blood, which I got a young blood today. Mm-hmm. What up, young blood? I appreciate what you're doing. Don't worry, this on me. That's my my man tried to hook me up in a cafe car. I was like, no, I can't take that. He no. tried to hook me up in a cafe no. car. That's what I was about to say. There it is. But I got I got I got oh, wow. chased down the street by a white bellhop today also. So my star is rising. Oh no. <laughs> He's like, I love your podcast. I love your podcast. And I also enjoy you on Mr. Jones's show. Like, f- Mr. Jones. <laughs> the Counting Crow song? <laughs> like, you mean Bomani? But anyway. Uh, that was a quality subject change to get me out from underneath this uh, avalanche of Cowboys. Head. You know, you was, there also... an, was there an announcement on the train? <laughs> oh, Dominique? my oh. gosh. Yes. Charlie, these are these are things that you get texted, but we do not share. Oh, but anyway, moving on, please. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I <laughs> please. Dominique. Yeah, no, I was I was embarrassed. My guy, my guy on the train decided to announce to the intra- entire Acela that um, the Foxworth family is on the train. Oh! And I, I imagine that everybody on the train was like, who? Jeff? I don't know. What we do? I don't, I don't give a... Oh, who's on the train? Like, nobody cares. I'm just picturing... Just picturing every car standing up and applauding, except for the quiet car, which gave a respectful, quiet head nod up. No, the quiet car was uproarious That's with celebration. Um, yeah. You never... You, you still haven't answered the question. You're about eight minutes into the answer. We still haven't answered the question about whether... This, this tells you more about the Bills or the Cowboys. Yeah, I think it tells us more about the Bills. I mean, these are things, the questions that are the embarrassing points about the Cowboys. We've seen them before. The one thing I would say is that's a bit unique is I felt like this game was Dak's chance to steal, or not to steal, to lock up the MVP and Josh Allen's chance yeah, to, um, to like fully step into the MVP conversation. And Dak... Fumbled the MVP away, obviously. I mean, and I don't think Josh Allen stepped into the uh, MVP conversation. Like, it was an interesting game for him in that he did the things that I think are a good sign for this team going forward, but a bad sign for him to win, win the MVP. I'm not really concerned about him winning MVP when they were 6-6. Six and six. Like, pretty much having any signs of growth would have been a positive thing. And, I mean, what – Josh Allen threw for under 100 yards in this game, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Correct, Charlie? 94 yards, yeah. 94 yep. yards. I mean, can you have imagined 
the Bills winning a game a month ago where Josh Allen threw for 94 yards? Not just like, winning it, such a, dominating. Dominating it. Like, that's incredible to me. So uh, even if Josh Allen's not going to win the MVP, and I don't think he's going to, this still feels like such a step forward for the Bills to, you know, win mm-hmm. in a game where Josh Allen is not the best player on the field for four Yeah, games. and that's my point. They were, like, the first their first touchdown drive, they're in the red zone, and Josh threw the ball away twice. It's like he was under, and it wasn't even like crazy pressure. Like Micah came free. He was like, all right, get rid of it. Let me manage this game. Outstanding game managing from the most can similar we, player to Cam Newton we've had in the NFL since Cam Newton. Did you well, think the Micah Parsons injury was a accidentally dirty play by the Bills fullback? Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess so. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's. Intent is an impossible thing for me to like fully get behind. I still believe Draymond. He was man, man was man was man was selling a call. Get out. Sell, get out of here. Get out of here. Selling a call, baby. Selling a call, Draymond. I see you, baby. Oh god. Um so uh, Dominique Bill, one of the things I thought was pretty interesting is two Thursdays ago, we were talking to Mina on this show and it was before the Chiefs Bills matchup. And we were talking about how the Packers were able to beat the beat the Chiefs by just controlling possession, churning out first downs. And we did not think that the way that Josh Allen's play style would lend himself to becoming a quarterback that would just churn out first downs, manage the game in a sense. Obviously, yeah, it's not like a game that. manager, but manage the situation. I, I, I just drum that up just now. I'm using that on Get Up tomorrow morning. And it's going to be great calling Josh Allen game manager. <laughs> it's going to get everybody angry. Sorry, go ahead, Charlie. But for the last two weeks against these in, in vastly different situations, he's managed the situation really well to give the team what they need to win these games, which is not the traditional Josh Allen hero ball. Like there's the, there was the trope that had gone around sports TV and the internet that he was stuck in the 13 second game forever, <laughs> that he thought he always needed to make, make the hero play. And it seems like something has definitively changed recently with that. And that's, can I, can I say something with my chest? It can lead into our next our next Please. topic, but I got to say it with my chest. I think the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I am not prepared to go with you all the way on that train, but I applaud. I, I, am, I am announcing to the train that Charlie Kravitz has made a take. I respect and wish I'd beat him to the punch to do because it's a good Is take. the whole Kravitz family on that train, though? You have to announce the whole Kravitz family is on this train. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you had a good announcer voice. The entire Kravitz family is standing in the cafe car if you want to buy them an IPA we or six IPAs. We weren't even in the cafe car. I just hit it a couple times. Oh. And then I had gone back to my seat. I'm wrestling with kids and trying to get everything in control. And then I just hear... You know what, guys? Guess who's on the drain? What? I'm not Michael Jackson. Like, I mean, oh, that's a bad example because he's dead. <laughs> I'm not Taylor Swift. Also a bad example because why would she ever be on a train with us commoners? So coming off Bills, Bills Cowboys, um, guys. I think we can. I think we can all agree on this. We're gonna see some frisky, frisky wild card teams this year, especially in the wide open AFC. Who do you guys? I, I've given my take, but who do you guys think is the most dangerous potential wild card team? The Browns, the Bengals, the Bills, the Cowboys, or other? You can go off the board. I mean, I think my immediate answer is the Bills, but I think 
there's no reason to talk about them because we just talked about all of them. But they are in the AFC, which is more wide open than the NFC, in my view. And they have a quarterback that is uh, pretty freaking good. So of the teams that are most dangerous, it's them. The people that are, or the teams that are left, you're saying the Browns or the Bengals. The Bengals' defense is not good at football. That's concerning. And they have Jake Browning at quarterback. While he's been good. It's hard for me to believe that we're gonna strike Purdy twice. I just, I, it's a stretch. He's st- he struck Purdy three times so far. <laughs> I mean, us. As, I guess he has a lot of talent around him in the similar way uh, that Brock Purdy did, which gave him some time to develop. So that's a possibility. But the Browns, a great defense, which would be reliant on Joe Flacco, is uh, a little bit concerning. So, Bill, save me. What's the right answer? The Cowboys? Right answer is the Cowboys. Why why are we framing the AFC as wide open when in the NFC there's one team anybody believes in, right? Like are there more than one team that we feel good about in the NFC? Yeah. I mean one's more exactly. than none. That's, <laughs> that's, the point. that's why we're framing it as wide open. Is they have one team. And I, I feel like that's normally how it breaks down most seasons, is there's one team that's a clear front runner. When there's no one team that's a clear front runner, we use a cliche like wide open. I don't know. Last year we had like the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Bills where I think people felt good about them in the AFC. Um, I think everyone felt good about the Eagles in the NFC. Right. Like, it's not true because Jalen Hurts was hurt last year, so maybe not with the Eagles last year. But I, 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 if the Niners have something happen, if Trent Williams gets hurt, if George Kittle gets hurt, if Brock Purdy, who did get hurt in this game and missed a couple plays, if Brock Purdy's not Brock Purdy's usual self, like, I don't think it's crazy to think the, like, the Niners are one injury away from that being just as wide open, maybe even more wide open than the AFC. Yeah, I mean, it's true. If an important player on any team gets hurt, yes, that team then no longer is a legitimate contender. But as no, of now— but we, we've, seen, we've seen the Niners be more susceptible yeah. to having one player get hurt. Like Trent Williams going down yeah. turned Brock Purdy into Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Which is an upgrade in some ways and a downgrade in other ways, uh, but like like we like trying to ignore what happened this week and, and contextualize it. The Cowboys have been terrifying against mediocre competition, but terrifying for two months, right. and I think that means something to me, even if they got blown out today. Yeah, I, I'm trying not to be prisoner of the moment. I'm trying to separate tonight's outcome from what we've seen, but I think the problem with tonight's outcome is the stuff that we just covered. It's it's the bad scenario on the road against a physical team. You know what they're going to have to do? Go on the road against a physical team. They don't seem that scary right now. And it probably is a bit prisoner at the moment. And watching the uh, Bills manage to win without relying 100% on Josh Allen does make them feel a little bit more terrifying. So we're not – no love for the Browns or the Bengals. Nothing, no love, nothing. No way to create an argument I about mean, that. I mean, I – there's like four. I I I picked the Browns to win the division this year, so I feel good about the Browns. Um, I feel like there's four games this year. I cannot fathom how they won, and this was one of them <laughs> on Sunday, where it took like two absolute Joe Flacco miracles after he was pretty bad for three quarters to to pull out this game. Joey Flax always got a miracle in his back pocket. I like it though. I like it though. Um, I mean, think about it. The Cowboys are the five seed, which we assume they're going to be. They will play. The winner of the NFC South in the first round. Bye week. Which... Don't let don't let Baker get hot. <laughs> don't let Baker. <laughs> oh, we shouldn't have laughed at. Him. Uh so so they play Baker in the first round. They would probably play the Eagles or 
the three seed in the second round, depending on what happens. And they, I mean, they they beat the heck out of the Eagles last week. Eagles, we're going to talk about, are kind of a disaster right now. So not crazy to think they have a relatively easy first two rounds of the postseason where they'll be favored, maybe, or, yeah. or at least feel like they can compete in both those games. I guess if the question was who I think is more likely to make it to the Super Bowl, I probably would say I think Dallas is more likely to make it than I would say uh, the Bills. But I do think as far as, like, dangerous is concerned, because then it factors in the um, the injury concern that you're talking about. Like, yes, yeah, something there's something fluky could happen. There's one team in the NFC that I think could beat uh, Dallas. There are a number of teams in the AFC that I think could beat the Bills, but there's no team that I think the Bills can't beat. I kind of feel like the 49ers or the, the Cowboys can't beat a healthy 49ers team. This hurts. This hurts. You're the only person who defends the Cowboys, and yet this is what you come to. Charlie, how many teams have you picked to win the AFC so far before you just got to the Bills as your most recent I, AFC selection? I, well, I'd already picked the Bills, so I don't know if that counts again. So he's just coming full circle. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're coming full circle. It's definitely Chiefs, Bills, Dolphins. Dominique also picked the Ravens nah, at I, that point, was, which is the, by far and away the most accurate pick. take. Preseason was Ravens-Eagles. Feeling strong on one, weak on another. Mm-hmm. But... The, the thing that I think is interesting about the Bills' chance of making a run is is the fact that I think they could actually still sneak out and win the AFC East. Like, the Dolphins play the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills to end the season, whereas the Bills essentially have two buys. They play the Chargers, the Patriots, and then the Dolphins. So it's like, they just got to win out, have a little a couple things go wrong for Miami. And Char- then it's looking pretty good. Charlie, looking you pretty good. You don't think the Chargers are going to get a boost after firing their head coach? We're not going to talk about that. Oh, they they got to bring in Jeff Saturday. We'll get we'll get to Brandon Staley later, later in the show. <laughs> bring in Jeff, and I know you're and I know you're beating the Bills next week if you bring in Jeff. Chargers fan, is, is that what you're doing? All right. That's right. Um, by the way, guys, while we were doing that discussion, I was I somehow I was on Jake Browning's Wikipedia page. Time well spent. Oh yeah, guess guess how many touchdown passes that <laughs> threw as a senior in high school? Oh, so it's either really high or really low. I'm gonna yeah. guess it's really high because most high school football is trash. Um, let's go with 38. 38's a lot. I I was thinking like 50. Yeah, times. I mean, it, I was trying to set it up so that Charlie could say something outstanding. He threw 91 touchdowns. Whoa. And for 5,800 yards. Where? What division? California. No. California. California. He said the nat- he was he was the best. He's like the best quarterback in California history. He has all the records. It was probably like, like 1A. What is the rankings there? Was it, did he throw? He threw for like 25 against three really bad teams. <laughs> right? Okay. I so want game logs. In 46 games, yeah. in 46 games as a high school quarterback, he threw for 16,775 yards and 229 touchdowns, all California records. And he broke Matty Mock's national touchdown record. That poor running back on that team, they got, it was just at the five yard line. He was like, all right, it's my turn. No, no, they were just running. Uh, I said, I mean, did he have a good receiver? See, now you're going to send us down a rabbit hole. What's the next topic before we end up with a rabbit hole trying to figure out how this man threw 90 touchdowns in one season? Marvin Harrison yeah, Jr. Mar- had to be. He had has 44 receiving Goodness touchdowns. gracious. That's absurd. Um, it's his, his senior year must have ruled. <laughs> um, so 
we're going from one Jake Browning to essentially another. All right, guys, put your hands up. Ooh, okay. And now it's time for our good hands moments presented by Allstate. You're in good hands with Brock Purdy. You just are. He put up another monster stat line with four touchdowns and a blowout win over the eh, Cardinals, and that's not too great. But the thing is, some books have installed him at minus 150 to win the MVP at this point. Minus 150. It's ranging from like plus 120 to minus 150. Does Brock Purdy, after another dominant performance, four touchdowns, no interceptions, he had coming into this week, had seven straight games, over 70% completions. Does Brock Purdy feel like the NFL MVP to you? Does he feel like it? Or is he going to be at his different questions? Um, he's the best quarterback in football statistically right now, right? Like, I, I guess you could put Dak up against him, but coming off this weekend, that's really going to hurt Dak's numbers. Um, on the best team in football right now. So, yes, that's the MVP. There is some residual Mr. Irrelevant that he's still trying to shake off. So, like... Had he been a number one or first round pick, we'd be talking about him a lot differently. I think as a, a culture than we are as a football community than we are right now. If it said Trey Lance, oh, we'd be going nuts. We'd be going nuts if this was Trey Lance. He was the solution to Shanahan's uh, problem. This is what take, has taken them over the top. So I guess it feels like I should say he is the MVP and feels like the MVP. But I don't know. Okay. If it's not Brock Purdy, who's your other choice? Yeah, Tyreek Hill just, just missed this game, which, by the way, the Dolphins just played a great defense, and they marched up and down the field on him and did just fine without Tyreek right. Hill. Dak yeah. was bad. Below average. Below average. We'll, we'll be polite. I, know, I don't want to upset you, Dominique. I know I know your family's not there. I know you're upset. I know you've had a long day. I don't want to make things worse. You. Dak was below average. <laughs> Uh, who who, yeah. who else is even I mean, a candidate the, at this point? Christian like, McCaffrey, I guess, his own teammate. Uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's no who Brock Purdy after the game said is the MVP. Oops. <laughs> yeah, Brock Purdy's out here just trying to win the fan vote, just like getting the name of all your teammates on the inside of your jacket. Nice move, Brock Purdy, trying to win over these boomers because that's who votes for this. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. There's it's somewhat by default. It's it feels disrespectful to. To not say that he's earned it on his own merit because, like, he has. He's put up MVP caliber numbers. But I think when you ask, does it feel like it, it's taken us a long time to shake this. He's a product of the system. He's a product of the talent around him that uh, is hanging over him. So I do think that he probably, if we had to give it out today, yeah, he's the MVP. Does he feel like it? It's hard because normally there's a lot of hype around the MVP preseason Guys who win the MVP are, are names that we've known all the way back since a couple years in college. It's, like, rare to have an MVP essentially come out of nowhere. So I hope this doesn't come off as me, like, making a slight to Brock Purdy because he deserves it and earned it. But this does not feel like a traditional MVP in the way that we've become accustomed to kind of seeing those guys build to a trophy like this. Okay, so who do you think would be robbed more? Would it be worse if Brock Purdy won MVP and Christian McCaffrey won Offensive Player of the Year? Would Christian McCaffrey be robbed more than Brock Purdy if it was flipped and Christian McCaffrey won MVP and Brock Purdy won Offensive Player of the Year? Because that's happened in the past. We've seen the voters give MVP to one guy and then give like a 
runner-up award to the offensive player of the year. That could be Tyreek, maybe. It's not one of the Niners guys. But, like, do you think Christian McCaffrey has a legitimate case to be considered the MVP over Brock Purdy? No, I don't think so. No. I, I, I mean, I think it's unlikely because I, I... – I'm not, not, not saying – who the voters right. will pick. I'm saying from your oh, perspective yeah, yeah. in terms of from my, actually how From my is. perspective, I would be more offended if Christian McCaffrey won it over Brock Purdy. My heart wants a non-quarterback to win, but that one non or that one quarterback who deserves it in the year that a non-quarterback wins, like I would be like, I'm slighted on his behalf. Like I've done the thing that you that you require all other quarterbacks to do to get the award. Why all of a sudden do you want to change it on me? So while I would love for us to move to a world where we go to most outstanding player rather than most valuable player, because it's hard to argue that anybody's more valuable than a good quarterback, or it's not hard, it's impossible to argue. I'd love to move in that world. It feels real to change the rules on Brock Purdy just this year. Yeah, it's really, in fact, Purdy, whenever I think of him, I think unfair situation. Brock Purdy <laughs> I mean, does not have on, hold on, hold on, a path carved out for him. I know you're not trying to, like, mockingly say that Brock Purdy is in an unfair situation as he makes less than a million dollars a year while he is the best quarterback in football. Yes, this situation is unfair for Brock you, Purdy. Yes, it is. Let me tell you who else is making less than a million dollars a year about being the best at what he does, Dominique <laughs> that's, that's Dominique Foxworth. That's, that's Char- Charlie oh, okay. Kravitz. And Dominique Foxworth. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna, I was just going to pipe in and say it is notable that his numbers are remarkably similar in QBR yards per attempt, uh, touchdown to interception ratio to Matt Ryan's 2016 MVP season when he ran away with it and was excellent. And like at a certain point, like I do think he has been the most valuable player in football this season and it's undeniable and it's just weird and i almost think oh, this is another thing I'll, I'll i'll sort of say with my chest i think tua hurts brock purdy's mvp uh case because it's another person in this kyle shanahan wow. coaching tree who we think of as a, as a game manager who's replaceable because of weapons and we look we, we lump them together mm-hmm. and we love them together and purdy has been just the better quarterback and the and the operator of the better offense and normally Superstar quarterback or someone who put up superstar quarterback numbers on a number on a clear best team in football. That's the MVP. It's just weird that it doesn't look like that. Yeah. And I think this distinction that we're making about like, oh, well, he's got so many playmakers. He's got so many weapons like that, that is true. But everyone yeah. who wins MVP yeah. has those playmakers. And Mahomes won in 2018. Yep. I remember I wrote before the year. The Chiefs were the best playmaking group in football. They had Tyreek. They had Kelsey. They had Kareem Hunt. They had Sammy Watkins. Like, they had the deepest group of playmakers in all of football. Um, Like, I understand they're great, but it's not as if Brock Purdy was struggling and they got Christian McCaffrey and suddenly he went nuclear. Like, the Niners were playing well with Christian McCaffrey, and then Brock Purdy took over for Jimmy Garoppolo, and they instantly got better. And then since then... The Brock Purdy in 2023 has been way better than the Brock Purdy in 2022. So, like, this sort of arbitrary distinction we're making, I think it is Dominique's right because of the fact that we think of Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant and not a legitimately great quarterback because he was taken so late in the draft. We didn't do this with Kurt Warner, which is, like, a similar... He was, like, further down the totem pole than Mr. Irrelevant, but I guess he came out the gate with big passing numbers 
in a way that um, Brock Purdy didn't, if I'm remembering correctly, right? Well, Dom, you, you were playing high school football at the time, Dominique, which we know is terrible. And Charlie was a child. I was playing Madden. Uh, Kurt Warner was terrible at Madden, so I wasn't willing to pick him as in. That's fair. I was dominating high school football. Um, I, 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 like, I think that was a more innocent time, though. Like, I, think, I was eight. I think we were not having those conversations about quarterback the way we are now. Probably right. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Um, all right, guys. Let's move on to the Eagles. This is We, we teased this earlier. Um, the Eagles are in a tough spot. They haven't been playing their best football. Jalen Hurts is a little bit sick. He might not play on Monday Night Football. He's had a banged up knee. They haven't been playing as well as last year. But the, de- the defense has been very worse, worrisome. And how worrisome is it that the Eagles quietly promoted Matt Patricia to be their shadow defensive coordinator? That's, that's not even the whole of it, Charlie. Uh, did, Dominique, did you see that Kevin Byer, the excellent safety for the Eagles, told Sean Desai, let, let's let defensive backfield, let's let us do the prep for this week. You guys... Let's not leave the coaches do the game plan. Let's let, let us guys take care of it. It just feels like the entire organization, like, d- realized the defense was bad after the past two weeks, thought about a scapegoat, and then we're like, we are good. We are going to solve this problem by putting Sean Desai in a room and just letting him stay there without light or water for two weeks, and that will solve all of our problems. Yeah, before the season, honestly, of the two coordinators, the only one that I was told that I should be concerned about was Desai, and that was like, I, I mean, I brushed it off. I was like, all right, whatever, okay, sure, all right. But it's hard if you're not – inside the meeting rooms or inside the game prep or you're not in the headset when they're making a call to understand exactly what's happening. But it's hard to argue with the results. While they did lose five starters, they aren't a team without any talent and they're struggling defensively. So whether it's warranted or not, I I would like to be able to like hazard some sort of judgment, but I can't without more information. But what I do know is that Matt Patricia, though, 
what are you saying if you're saying Matt Patricia is the answer? Like, he has not been the answer anywhere, even when he was at his height as defensive coordinator for the Patriots. Like, they've had better defenses before and after Patricia's stance there. It's hard to argue that you're going to get – like, he is riding this rocket scientist thing all the way. Like, isn't that what he was? He was like a real, like, super nerd or something. I mean, it got Joshua Dobbs three weeks. It feels like it might get Matt Patricia three weeks, too. Oh, gosh. I mean, Dominique, you are are caught in the take. We are post-take here on the Dominique Fox Show. Remember, I came out earlier this year and pointed out Matt Patricia is actually underrated as a coach because Mac Jones got much worse after Matt Patricia left and stopped being the offensive coordinator. So you have to remember Matt Patricia, by those standards, the Mastronaut is great. No, he's I mean, on the wrong side, though. He was a great he's on offensive, the wrong side, quarterback. offensive <laughs> He's a quarterback guru. But, but the thing that I find so weird about this, though, is like, remember last year the Eagles brought in Vic Fangio during the Super Bowl yeah. week? And it was like, we just got him as a consultant. Like, Vic Fangio was running very similar stuff to what Jonathan Gannon was running. Like, same concepts, the same, you know, same ideas. That made sense. It was okay. This is someone who supplements what we already do. Matt Patricia does not run has not run the same style of defense that the Eagles were running. They're running Fangio style stuff with the Sai. So, like, can they realistically even change things that much over the course of like three weeks in the postseason? Yeah, I mean, they. I think they're not going to change their defense. They're not going to change their calls, but they right. they can change the. I mean. The differences in defenses, I think, are not as dramatic as people think. Like, most defensive defenses have all the same calls. It's like what you use more often than not and, like, how you approach a game plan. So, yeah, with a bunch of veterans, which this team is full of, like, veterans, guys who've been around, yeah, I think they can modify their, uh, like, game-to-game preparation and in-game decision-making to a degree that could change the way this team looks. But that's only if the problem was with the play calling and preparation, not the problem was with some of the players that are on the field. And those things can go hand in hand. Like the play calling could not be well suited for the style of players that they have. So there's a possibility that they do get better because they are doing different things. But I find it hard to believe that they get better because Matt Patricia himself is calling the plays because we have not seen that happen really ever right no you're right <laughs> I, I think charlie and i are thinking the same thing here which is has he heard about two high defenses <laughs> do you think maybe he'll do more of that i mean that's fangio like like fangio's system is like cover fours right yeah. it's like our so they need to shift to single high they need to go back to the first coverage ever created or maybe the third coverage ever created and do some single high stuff one and three Dominique, are you surprised how much the coordinators have mattered for the Eagles? Um, like, I think going from Steichen to Gannon, because like Eagles fans also don't yeah, like Brian I know, Johnson. I know. They also don't think the yeah, offense is as well I on this year. I think the Steichen one feels more like – I know this is, seems counterintuitive considering the decisions that are made. Is I feel like Johnson's been good in situations, but through the course of a game – he hasn't had the production as much as Steichen did, and he still has the same level of talent that Steichen did. You could argue that on the other side, they've actually lost a good number of players. And, yeah, so, like, again, it's somewhat surprising 
that they went for this side of the ball, which suggests that there's something else about how – because you could explain away his shortcomings more easily. No question. And, and I think this was always going to be a situation where whoever took over was going to be suffering because what happened last year was not going to happen again. The Eagles had one of the greatest pass rush seasons in the history of the National Football League. They lost five starters – they lost – both starting linebackers, both starting safeties, their best defensive tackle, and then early this year, they lose Avante Maddox, their starting slot corner, for the entire year. They have two corners in Darius Slay and James Bradbury who were out of their mind last year, both on the wrong side of 30, which is not a great age for cornerbacks where you expect them to decline. Bradbury was a guy who nobody wanted to pay last year, who was a cap casualty, nobody wanted to trade for. Um like, they got career years out of a ton of guys, which is great. And you better win it. Maybe a sign of good coaching. But I don't believe that even if. Gotta stop motion. Even if Jonathan Gannon had learned the mystery of motion and returns, I, I don't think they would have been as good as they were last year, even if everyone came back, let alone losing all the guys they did and losing Jonathan Gannon. It was just. That was like a magical year where everything went right. And that's just not going to happen very often. You know what also popped into my head as we were talking about this is. Um, there is no quarterback on the defense, and so you will if you're going to make changes on the offense and you have a franchise quarterback whom you paid, that's a decision that is going to be made by not just the coaches or the general manager. It's going to be include the quarterback, and given his history with Johnson, Hurts' uh, history with Johnson, that's less likely to happen. There's nobody on the defense that you have to go to and ask permission to make some to make a shake up there. So uh, he doesn't have that protection. They don't have. A middle linebacker like Ray Lewis where you're like, oh, no, I like this guy. I'll stick with him. I'm not sure that anybody really does. Fred Warner, I guess. So what 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 you're saying is Jalen Hurts should play defense? Exactly. Jalen Hurts should play defense, and Matt Patricia should coach the offense and problem solved. Do, do, like, do we think this is going to fix the no. Eagles? <laughs> you, know what's, you know what is you know what You know what is You know what is going to fix the Eagles? Get out of here. Playing, playing the Giants twice in the final three weeks of the season. Yeah, well. Okay. Where they're going to look like geniuses because Tommy DeVito is going to get sacked 27 times. Good point. Matt Patricia's got to get so much credit <laughs> for uh, changing the defense because. Also, also, just want to point out, Big Dom, since he's been ejected from the sideline, Eagles, I believe, are 0-2. Uh, they were, what, 10-1, 11-1 with him on the sideline. He's he's banned for the rest of the year, according to reports. Season's so over. also, also, Tommy DeVito's agent looked ridiculous. All right, moving on. Come on. That was his Hall of Fame jacket on your Italian American Hall of Fame, right? But also, they didn't get yep. your pants with it. You ain't had to wear them pants. You also didn't have to wear that jacket on the sideline. It was incredible. The hat, Loved too. It. The hat. Loved you know? it. I disagree. I'll tell you what. If if he was on the Acela and he was walking oh. through to the cafe car, guarantee you people are buying it. Of course. Him. He's much more famous than I am. Especially on the Acela. Once we get past uh, Delaware, Delaware, we get past Delaware, we are in his neighborhood. Delaware till we get to New mm. York. Oh. Um, what's his name? Hmm. John oh, Stilato. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say was probably going to be offensive. It's going to be a collection of a bunch of sounds. <laughs> you were not about to boopity-boppity him. You were about to boopity-boppity that man. That's what I think. <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's move on from. Gonna come out of my mouth. That, just that, that's what I was expecting. At least <laughs> yeah, one it's pasta. A combination of pasta names. I mean, to be fair, Tommy DeVito calls himself Tommy <laughs> Cutlets, so you aren't that far off. I mean, I try to be respectful. He could call himself Tommy Cutlets. Big, I'm not going to call him that. Big difference between what someone calls themselves yeah. and what you can Good call Good job, Bill. You're so smart. Um, that's, what, so, that, that's, what, that's, what, that's one of the additives of the Dominique Foxworth show. Put it on the list. <laughs> oh, on the board, we'll eventually get. No. Um, so... We're going to move on to some 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 fun quick hitters to end end the show. First, Bills King Brandon Staley. <laughs> oh no! He finally got fired this past First Friday. First, we insult the Italians, and now this back to back. First of all, your th- your thoughts. Second of all, do you view the Chargers as an appealing job? I I really wanted him to keep the job after that loss because then it was like. What what can he do to get fired if that wasn't going to get him fired? There was like such a impossible bar if they were going to keep him through the end of the year. So I was really sad when he actually got fired. Um, is the Chargers job appealing? Yes, not as appealing as it was when he took the job three years ago, though. Justin Herbert is no longer on a rookie deal. The guys around him are old or injured. Um, Austin Eckler's a free agent. Keenan Allen's 31. He's going to be a free agent after next year. So is Mike Williams. Uh uh, Joey Bosa has been hurt most of the past two years. Khalil Mack is in his 30s, a one year away from free agency. J.C. Jackson's signing didn't work out. Uh, Quinton Johnston has been a disaster. Um, I, I mean, that, that roster three years ago looked awesome. Looked like it was potentially a Super Bowl roster. Now it feels like they have a lot of work to do to build a competent team around Justin Herbert. And so I think there'll be guys who want to just coach a great quarterback. And no question Justin Herbert is, but... That team needs a lot of work after what Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco have done over the past few years. Ugh, Brandon Staley. I often, like, in a situation like that, I understand why you deserve to be fired for him and Telesco, the general manager. However, it kind of feels like you're letting them off the hook. Sit your in this funk for the rest of the year. This pile of garbage that you have created. You go ahead and write it out. Go do a press conference after every game, a sad, dejected press conference, and experience this. The players are going to have to be there for the rest of the season. All 13 of their fans are going to have to experience this for the rest of the season. Why you get to go home? No, I like the idea of firing a coach but still making him come up and participate in post-game press conferences. Why your team so bad? Why they stink so much? Why is this interim coach in such a terrible situation? Explain yourself to Lesko. You too, Brandon Staley. That's all. You just call him Brandon Staley. Brandon? Did I say Brandon? Brandon? He lost the A because he's been coaching like a D for this whole season. Like a D. <laughs> Off the top right there with that. I'm running out of brain cells. I need to go to sleep. All right. What are the other quick games? I'm going to miss him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm I, miss him. I know you're going to miss him. Uh, I mean, that press conference when he was – when he said he was going to continue to call it, call the plays. That was the best. That was one of the highlights of the season. Um, at some point, we'll make a montage of Brandon Staley's no, greatest hits, inc- including the cat cow no, we're pregame. Not. We're going to talk about um, like everything else and then not actually do it. Uh, that's right. We'll add it to the we'll add it to the board of Dominique Foxworth show maxims. Just we won't do most of the things we say we're going to do. Um, 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Next quick hitter. How relieved is Aaron Rodgers that the Jets (laughs) lost today and he now won't have to pretend he's still coming back when he wasn't actually going to come back from his torn Achilles um, that he claims to have healed faster than any human being of all time? Was was it harder to come back from a torn Achilles or pretend to be sad on the sidelines? Of the sidelines? <laughs> a, a real conundrum. I mean, he has to come back just to prove it, like for one play. He's got to come back out there and get the fans all excited. But, but, but like when, when an athlete tears his ACL in college and he comes back for the final play and he's like, you know, for victory formation. <laughs> exactly. I think he should take the final knee of the season. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I mean, he's relieved. They, they beat the hell out of Zach Wilson in this game. I can't imagine putting Aaron Rodgers back there for a team going nowhere with one good playmaker, zero good offensive linemen, a defense that's been forced to carry them all year that looked exhausted in this game. Just like like for, to to prove what to who exactly is the, is the Oh man, look at you in that logic. You think that that is what's motivating these decisions? Uh, no. Yeah, he probably won't go back out there just because somebody with some sense somewhere along the line will stop him. But I think he still wants to. I believe that he still wants to. It almost makes it more meaningful for him. So do we ever see Zach Wilson again? Assuming he's he's healthy what, to, to what play gonna the rest of the year. Him? Ever see him again? No, we'll see him. I mean, I think he's going to live. He's going he's gonna to be hanging out with Staley. <laughs> I think he'll live. Does he ever get back on the field? Uh Who's the backup after? Because they got rid of Boyle, right? Simeon. Yeah, I know Simi. I know Simeon played today, but I Simeon. mean after that, because with that offensive line, got that Randall offensive Kyle. line, they need two or three backups. So I know Simeon played today after Honestly. Uh, after we lost Zach. If you're a Jets fan and you see Joe Flacco pulling out games every week for the Browns with a great defense, how do you feel? I mean, they saw him once, and it wasn't enough, so I don't know that they convinced themselves that he would have been the difference maker this year, but they probably did. Beat the Browns last year. Mm-hmm. Pulled out an upset against the Browns last year, week two. And missed the playoffs. Um, missed the playoffs because they took him out. They put Zach back That's in. Fair. fair point. That was the problem. Not enough, mm-hmm. Joe. Um, all right, last one, guys. There's a video today of Jameis Winston walking in with a with a suitcase, and then the reports were that he opened the suitcase and it was empty, and it was to show them that there was nothing in there because there was nothing that was separating them from greatness. How would you feel if you were Jameis Winston's teammate and he opened a suitcase to show you that there's nothing separating you between you and greatness? 
So so what what do we believe the underlying element is? Like, wasn't it like a fancy suitcase? Yeah, it looked like a, like a chrome suitcase. Like, like, do you think this was just a excuse for him to show off that he had a fancy suitcase to his teammates? Oh gosh, what in the hell? James Winston has never successfully completed one of these motivational tactics. I don't think anyone takes him seriously. And you've been on teams with guys like this. Uh, we've all been around guys like this who you all look at each other and say, hey, he go again. And you laugh. Jameis has made somehow, I guess this is somewhat the opposite of what uh, Purdy is dealing with in that he's taken him a long way to build up the credibility that he needs to get treated by all of us like a true superstar quarterback. And Jameis was number one overall pick and threw a lot of touchdowns one time. So, <coughs> Heisman is a freshman. So we're at a point now where somehow he still has some residual respect that he's allowed to do because, like, the backup quarterback doesn't get to do, like, these motivational tactics. It's not a thing that you get to do. No, 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 no. Dominique, I know you have been on an NFL team and I have not. Sure. But there's one thing that we have both not been on, and that is an NFL team with Derek Carr as your starting quarterback. And that is why Jameis Winston can do these things. I guess. It does feel like you're kind of showing up the starting quarterback. Like, no, it's my job to give the pregame speech. I'm the one who gets to do these weird antics that's supposed to motivate people. I have to eat the W, but. that That's what I wanted to bring up. Is this worse than eating the W? What do we have a list? Because he ate the W. Then he he's had another silly thing like this that was supposed to be motivational, right? In college, he had a couple. I can't remember them all. They just all like rolling together. I mean, he came out in full uniform when he was uh, suspended was in college, which is the best. He said something silly not, before. I don't know. I feel like Brian, not, Kevin, that's, somebody. That's not look worse it up than Russ, me. though. Like like the Russ practicing the two minute drill oh, on air, high knees yeah. on, high knees down the hallway. That's, can you imagine if Russ and Jameis were on the same team together? Like if Jameis is the backup next year in Denver, what that would be like? That's depressing. I would love that they so would. much. Just, just like, with Brandon Saley as their defensive coordinator. Just like a, a just a wild contest of uh, corny, cheesy motivational tactics that nobody on the team is going oh, for week after gosh, week. Jameis, what are you? He knows it's a joke. Like, oh, it was a couple weeks ago where he was rapping on the sideline to, to um. That's Drew Locke's mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, he was he was mouthing ludicrous to poor Derek Carr. Oh gosh, poor Jameis. You don't think Derek Carr? Derek Carr's a big ludicrous. I don't player? know whether he is. He isn't. But no man in the history of the world has ever wanted to. I think he's more of a panic at the disco. Nobody's type ever of guy. wanted to like get hyped for a game by having Jameis Winston rap in their face. No one's ever wanted that. No one. I mean, Derek Carr's a very unpopular man in New Orleans. <laughs> and the backup quarterback in New Orleans is usually very popular. Teddy Bridgewater was beloved when Teddy Bridgewater was the backup in New Orleans. Oh. So I'm just saying, kind of feels like that opportunity is there for Jameis if he wants I'm going to let you slide. You called me out on Brendan. I'm not going to call you out on what you just called Teddy Bridgewater. What did I call him? You called him Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> Charlie heard it. We all heard it. <laughs> I didn't hear it, but I, I, I wish I, I did. I, th- th- that's we all call him. T- we all call him Titty Boy. Is that not what his? That's not what his nickname is. Teddy, two gloves, two chains. Oh gosh, this is great. <laughs> Can I go to sleep now, Charlie? All right. Yeah. That's, Shout that's out to Bill, Charlie, Brian, Kevin, Serafina, and Megan. 
Also, this has been the Dominique Foxworth Show presented by Allstate. Throw them up and we out. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. 